Well, welcome. Once again, this is WNZN Radio coming to you, Lorraine, Ohio, uh, 89.1 FM on the radio station. And so happy you tuned in for another another session here. I think you're going to really enjoy this interview. You know, it seems, David, like the last yeah. two months we've had these incredible guests yes. from literally around the world. South Africa, Thailand, uh, was it Morocco? Yeah. And uh, I think Africa. our listeners are going to be very happy with today's uh, special guest. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're having any problem uh, receiving us, uh, any static at all, uh, I know the signal goes Lorraine, westward Toledo, down south. It, it comes to the west side of Cleveland, actually, David, depending, I notice, on weather and things like that. Yes. But you can just live yeah. stream it. Uh, go to www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. Uh, or and again once again that's 89.1 FM radio so without uh, further ado I'm in here uh, with the recording with my good friend and assistant David Abood great to be here John and I just had a special guest stopped in who's taken a rest after a long journey from the other side of the world Dr. Thomas Duvall and his wife Vanji and for, they've been several years actually ministering in the Philippines wow and that's another story all in oh, itself oh yeah so very happy to have him here with us today Okay, uh, as I said, of course, you know Mark, and yes. I've known Mark, oh boy, I don't know Mark, 10, maybe 15 years or more, and uh, he's been a pastor, he's got an incredible testimony he's going to share, and uh, I just think one of the things I really appreciate with Mark is his vision and his persistence, yes. and he's, I think he's got a great story to tell us, and it's going to be very inspiring to everybody, yes. uh, you know, and, and what he's going to share with yeah. us. So, Mark, um, maybe you'll do that. You're welcome to the show this morning. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Sure, Mark. And uh, maybe, Mark, you could just tell our audience. I, my sense is, especially Lorraine and out there, they know Mark from yeah. different ministry uh, that he's been involved with. But share a little about your story, your life story, your testimony, how you came to the Lord, how God gave you this burden that you have seen now. This vision he had was just in his heart <laughs> 10 years yeah. ago. It's now manifested yeah. in a very interesting way today. Yeah. So, Mark, take over. You got the mic. Just share as, you, as, as the Lord leads you with your story. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate it, David. Thank you for the opportunity to share with your audience um, that God is, is just faithful. That's all I can say is he's faithful. Um, and, and, but it takes endurance. It takes patience. And more than anything, my um, my verse uh, that I share with the guys in the rehab center is Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will truly direct your path. and And that's what He's done for me. So, as a, as a foundation, I was I'm one of twelve children. I had five sisters and six brothers. Uh, my father worked for Ford Motor Company, and uh, he was an alcoholic. He struggled with drinking, and, and it wasn't until I got into my older years that I really comprehended and understood why. I mean, if you're trying to put food on the table for 12 people, get them through parochial school, the burden wow. had to be uh, incredible, wow. yeah. even in the, you know, the 70s and 80s, and, and uh, so I... Uh, I graduated in um, 77, and in 1979, I was working at a um, very high-end restaurant in uh, Detroit, and um, 
And I had already left home. I had already left home. So because my dad and I had gotten in conflicts after I got out of parochial school, I went to public school. And I'll never forget the first homecoming football game. Um, I drank my first beer. Wow. And, uh, and then it was after that, uh, it became a, a repetitious thing where I'd go out with my uh, my schoolmates and every Friday night for homecoming or, or football games, we'd go and we'd drink and we party. And uh, I'll never forget the time I came home one night and, and uh, I had been drinking and my dad had been drinking. Hmm. And uh, so needless to say, that was a conflict of interest and uh, him and I went at it. And that was the beginning of our turmoil. Um, so there was a time when it just got so bad. Um, I, I left, I left home around uh, 17, 18 years of age. And um, so I said, you know, enough, I can do it on my own. And I never looked back. I never asked my parents for any help or anything. But needless to say, the drinking got worse and working in the bar and restaurant hospitality service industry, um, that lifestyle is exasperated by the very fact that you serve alcohol, drugs are brought into those establishments. And so again, it exasperates and gets worse and worse. So I was um, inviting these two gentlemen uh, that were co-workers and every day between the lunch hour and then the dinner hour we had a few hours where we could run around do some tasks and things but these two guys always came and brought their bibles and you know at, i was a young guy and and uh, at that time you know i i was raised in the catholic church i had a foundation of faith uh but i i um was mocking these guys and said hey come on let's party let's go out and they said no we've had our fill we've done all that well, that began uh, a series of questions that, that I was asking, and um, they were the one that introduced me to Jesus Christ oh. and having a personal relationship. How old were you, Mark? About, huh? How old were you at the time? I think at the time I was about 22. Okay. So, so it was at that time that um, the, they had introduced me to the relationship with Jesus, and uh, they had told me I needed to literally get saved, that I was lost. And so I asked them, how do I do that? And so it's kind of crazy. We, uh, we went into a linen closet, <laughs> and it was in a linen closet Whoa. where I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And right in front of me was the dirty hamper where we put all the linens from the dirty <laughs> Wow, that's it, cool. It, into this hamper, and like on the shelf were nice clean pressed linens and that's what i felt like really happened and and i knew that i had had an experience and um yet i still had the flesh and i had some struggles even after that and they suggested that i go to a program and uh in which i did in 1981 I went to the Detroit Teen Challenge program and graduated in 1982, and that was a year-long program. We didn't have telephones, television, uh, we didn't have a lot of those things. But one thing we did have was constant study of the word, um, discipline, structure, boundaries. It was exactly what I needed, and ironically, it was the very thing my father was trying to provide all along. 
but I didn't know yeah. that. Then. Yeah. Oh wow. Now, now I know it. So, with that being said, um, I was on staff with the Teen Challenge program for a while, and then uh, I went somewhere. I think I went to a, a different a, a restaurant to have a meal and hooked up with an old high school buddy. And, um, and uh, I ended up leaving Teen Challenge. We moved to California. We started a construction business. And, um, you know, slowly but surely, I opened the door <laughs> back up to that lifestyle. And uh, it didn't happen overnight, but you could you could clearly see the door was beginning to open. And, you know, and the Bible speaks about once a house is swept clean, uh, a demon might leave that place and having no place to land will go back to the house been, that's been swept clean and bring seven demons worse than, hmm. than before. Mm -hmm. And the state of that man is worse off. That's hmm. a good point to bring up. Yeah. So, and that's what happened to me. I mean, prior to going to, to Teen Challenge, I mean, yeah, I had issues. But, man, afterwards, and seven more demons coming in. I mean, I, I was doing and saying and going to places I never should have done. Things that I today I'm ashamed of, but I don't need to bring that up because that's all under the blood. And um, I realized that God's grace is sufficient. So I... I lived in California and in that lifestyle for over five years. And I said, this is getting bad. I was, there were three options. I was either going to end up dead, in the gutter, or in jail. And I didn't like those options. So needless to say, all this time, I'm wishing I had never left Teen Challenge. Oh, okay. I wished I'd never left Teen Challenge. That I had created my own mess. I was responsible for it. So it was at that time that um, I left California for Oregon, and I, I gave up the ocean, and I lived at the foot of Mount Hood in uh, Welch's, Oregon. And it was in Oregon, I took a job as a car salesman in Gresham, Oregon, and um, a lot of the other salesmen were doing drugs. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh. nope, I, that's not why I moved here. I don't want any part of it. So I had had some resources, and I just quit the job, and I started going to a um, uh, the Mount Hood uh, Friends Church, and um, it was there that I took on a mentor, um, started getting back into the Bible, and that was in 1988 when I rededicated my life and said, God, I want to I want to walk out this journey, which which I did. And uh, I realized that I couldn't do it alone. So I, all along the way, wherever I went, I had a, a mentor. So I lived there until 1991. I moved back to Michigan to help my brother open up a greenhouse business, which we did. And, um, and that was good. And then ironically, uh, the same guy that I moved out to California with had relocated here to Ohio. And in 1996, I moved to... Uh, to uh, Westlake, Ohio, and um, just started that construction business with him. And I could see even in the short term within that year that um, some of his old habits hadn't changed. And he was my best friend, I loved him, but I knew for me that's not what I wanted. So God began the journey of taking me down and through all these different obstacles, occupations, and everything. And, and the whole time, I was just unsettled. I was just unsettled about what God had for me. So 
Um, I became, uh, I was, I came to Westlake in 96, uh, by 1998, I was licensed and ordained and I knew that God had called me into ministry. Um, but I wasn't sure exactly what that meant. So I had taken my first associate pastorate with a small church in Brecksville for a number of years. And, um, the, uh, the dynamics of that church had changed. And so I had gone from there to um, uh, different churches throughout that God was taking me through. And um, so finally I landed in Elyria at Beyond the Walls Church with uh, Pastor Paul and Cindy uh, Gridell. And they are the, an incredible couple that, that um, do great, great ministry within the community and reach out constantly. Um, in fact, they're the largest food distribution center in Lorain County every Friday. Wow, wow. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they are the largest food distribution. They have had over 110,000 people uh, last year and over 100,000 people the year before for a church of, I think it's about 125. Oh, man. Um, amazing. We gotta you have know. them on our show. <laughs> yeah, you should. You really should because uh, their vision um, was, was um, is huge. And so we were trying to, um, trying to get a, uh, a rehab center open up in part of their building, which is the original three-story annex that was built in 1921. And so the story goes that I, before I landed there, I didn't really know what direction God was going. And so I have a good friend that we all know, Fred Corey, who um, I had been praying with about the direction of my life. And it was with Fred that we had determined that I felt I was called to full-time ministry. And uh, with the support of the community, I was able to go into full-time ministry and still and be supported and God was just, as I mentioned, moving and shifting me until I finally landed at Beyond the Walls. And it was there that we tried to get Creation House open. Wow. And um, unfortunately, uh, the city kind of put the kibosh on it because it went, it went from a school to a house of worship. Um, they, uh, they said that the, the change of use permit um had changed in other words the the use of the building had changed so we ended up having church out in the parking lot wow. that whole summer and that was i believe 2000 and um it was either 16 or 17 while we were trying to get creation house open and they gave us they said we could not open uh the rehab center because it didn't have sprinklers and so many other things mm. So I called on a friend of mine, um, a family, a local family that, that um, owned construction companies to give me a quote on the building. And he said it was gonna cost about $2.8 million to bring it up to code. Wow. And yeah, that, that for a building that old, it doesn't make sense. You, you might as well just build new at a fraction of that cost. But ironically, this is where God says if you remain faithful in the little i'll give you more but all i knew to do was to keep pressing in and pressing toward what god had asked me to do about opening up that building 
And it wasn't until um, the gentleman who owns the construction company said, Mark, what are you doing with this building? And I said, we want to turn it into a rehabilitation center. He says, well, I own property out in Lake County. And he said, the county wants to do what you guys are doing, but I don't want to sell it to them. He says, I'd rather keep it in a nonprofit. He says, why don't you go take a look at it? And uh, that was 2017 or 18. And I walked through the property and I said, this was a perfect piece of property to uh, do exactly what we wanted to do. So I could see that God was shifting. And I went to Pastor Paul and Cindy and I had asked for their blessing and they blessed me and they sent me to work on this, knowing that the city pretty much said no to uh, to uh, creation house happening. So. Uh, they blessed me. They sent me. They still support me personally and support Cedar Hills. And so um, God just gave me the vision for, for this. And I've been working out here, created a board um, with the property owner being the president and some other members of the community. And we had done some fundraisers. And um, needless to say, things were moving great. And uh, one story I'd like to share, if I may, and that is when you're up against adversity, again, this is where Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 really comes in. I uh, was struggling with the fact that this wasn't opening and it was taking so long um, to open. And so I continued to pray with Fred and we were looking at fundraising and we had done a couple of things and we had raised some funds, but it just wasn't enough. And then Fred had said to me, let's pray. Let's see what God has. That was on a, on a Wednesday. Friday morning, we met with the local businessman. And we shared the vision. And we had a video regarding Cedar Hills and what we wanted to do out here. And it was an amazing time with him as we were sharing over breakfast. And so we went on about our day after the meeting. He said, thank you for sharing this. I appreciate it. And we just left it up to God. Well, two days later, I'm driving home from Beyond the Walls Church. And Fred called me and says, Mark, did you see the email from this gentleman? And I said, no. He says, well, you got to read it. And I says, well, I'm driving and I can't right now. He says, I'll read it to you. And he said uh, in the email, uh, Mark and Fred, thank you for your time uh, yesterday morning on behalf of my grandson, and he gave his grandson's name. He says, I'd like to make a contribution of $175,000 toward your facility and helping you with your vision. Hmm. Amazing, Mark. So needless Crazy. to say, yeah, yeah. With, the, with the funds that we had already accrued and acquired, um, it was enough for us that we had believed that we could open the doors and begin to start helping men put their lives back together. So we, needless to say, were excited. Uh, but then, you know, the devil comes to rob, to kill, to steal and destroy, John 10, 10. But Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. And in uh, 2020, this little known virus came on the scene uh. called COVID-19 and the state stopped all accreditation, all licensings, and their whole focus 
was on this new virus taking place. So needless to say, um, it was another time in my spirit where I was just devastated, devastated. So I had actually gotten into prayer for a while and I came across this song uh, by Bethel Church and it was called Waymaker. And I think I listened to this song for hours on end one day and I just got it down in my spirit that I was not going to give up. I was going to persevere that God could make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way because he's a way maker and it's what he does. And um, I just said, okay, I had gotten I had gotten the strength and the courage that I needed to persevere. And it's funny because other people were telling me to do it a certain way, do it this way or that way. But it wasn't God's way. It wasn't Yahweh. It wasn't the way God would have done it. They wanted me to do certain things in, that were earthly. And I just said, no, this is a spiritual battle. And that's how I knew I had to fight it. Needless to say, um, you know, Fred and, and you, John, and others have known of this journey. And um, what had happened was I had gone to uh, a great dinner for an organization locally in Lorain County called the Alpha House uh, with the Brian Wade Sr. and Brian Wade Jr. And they had opened up the uh, Genesis Center and um, the Alpha House located in Oberlin. And I had gone to one of their um, fundraisers because I wanted to support them and realize, you know what, this may be an opportunity I just didn't want the facility to sit idle. It was ready and it was ready to open and there was another door of adversity, but God says, I got another door for you. We can, we can try this. So it was, um, it was at that time I spoke to uh, Brian Wade Jr. and I brought him out to the facility. We walked, we talked, we had, uh, dialogue and fellowship and then we decided that we were going to vet a number of different companies that would be interested in using this that were already licensed and accredited and um, we had prayed about it and we said that we wanted somebody local um, one of the other companies was local and two of the others were not so we ended up choosing to partner with the Wade family and we were able to open our doors January of 2021. And um, it has been an incredible ride. It has been um, an incredible partnership. They bring, uh, the Alpha House brings the administrative side of things. Um, Brian and his father have set up whereby through the Genesis Center, they do the clinical side of things. They have licensed clinicians, and and um, which is really great. I, I love the idea of having both the clinical and the spiritual side. And so the clinical side is, is uh, the Genesis Center. Alpha House is the residential faith-based side, and the two come together day-to-day, uh, -to -day, and it really helps mold these men coming out of addiction because you got to have balance there is a there is a psychological and mental side of addiction 
but we also know there's a spiritual side. So it's a two-prong attack uh, against Satan, uh, both mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, to deal with these men. So, so, so we've Mark, been partnered. Can you, can you explain, what, uh, how do people apply, to, how do men apply to you or get in touch with you? Yeah, so, so if they want to be a resident, um, so we have two parts. We have the Cedar Hill side, which is the property here in Painesville. Uh -huh. And then Brian and his father have um, the Alpha House, which is in Oberlin, where the men are. Right. And, um, and then they also have a honor house for men who have excelled and done well in their program and want to stay within uh, the confines of a, of a drug rehab that's spiritually based. They go to the Honor House in Grafton, and um, so they'll go through there, and they still they can work, get a job, and and continue with the Alpha House program. Um, out here, we kind of do the same thing, but we have what we call an MIT, Men in Transition. They're still on the property, but they're back at one of the cabins here at Cedar Hills, and they too can go to work and find a job, or in any of the alpha houses um, they can become an intern if they show obviously promise and a desire to want to do that right. and so um, the they'll they'll raise them up and um, they'll uh, help them get through um, the whole program and raise them up and learn really the culture and the DNA uh, for the Alpha House and how they how they run the program. How do they so, run the program? Well, that, like I said, um, every day, Monday through Friday, they, the men get up at approximately 6.30, 7 o'clock. Um, um, the there's a first band out, and uh, they go to the Genesis Center every morning, Monday through Friday, from 8 o'clock until noon. Some get back as late as 1.30 because... There's three different bands. We have we have thirty. We have a capacity for thirty six men here at our facility. Okay. The one in Oberlin, I believe, is twenty four. I believe the one the Grafton House is um, ten or twelve, maybe. Okay. And then, uh, by the way, there are two women's facility called George's House. One is in Avon Lake. That's where the women go through. And again, if they desire to stay aboard and go through an honor system, uh, they also have a women's honor system at uh, a smaller house where they're raised up and trained up as well. So getting back to the schedule um, at our facility, because we have three bands that go uh, transport. Uh, we have one band. Um, we could always use another van, and we're actually looking to get a bus. That's where we could use help as a bus because we want to transport everybody at once. How big There's a bus? Like outward. What's that? How big a bus? If somebody's listening, that might have something from a church or something. You know, yeah, you know, um, something that would transport thirty-six guys plus a driver. Okay. You know, so so the reason cool why bus. I say that is um, part of the program is. Uh, they're required to go to, if they're in phase one, at least one AA meeting a week, um, phase two, two AA meetings a week, phase three, so on and so forth, up to the 
at that point, when they're in the fourth phase, they can actually work on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And at that point, they're getting more and more structured. They're getting acclimated back to society. So to get back to the crux of the day-to-day, they go to the Genesis Center in the morning. They get their clinicals, their group therapy, and their one-on-one counseling through licensed, state-licensed clinicians. And then they come back here. We serve a lunch. We all break bread together. We pray before our meals and we have fellowship and then they get a little bit of the afternoon off just to decompress because you know yeah um group therapy can can be tough for some of these guys they're starting to deal with feelings and emotions that they've suppressed and so now um some of them um you know they just need to rest and recoup so then three o'clock they have chores and then at 4 30 this is every day three o'clock is chores at 4 30 there's a class on mondays it's a compass class they're biblical uh virtues and values that we train about hard work integrity attitude conduct courage just there's 40 different topics and okay. there's one a week and um so that's at 4 30 and then uh we serve dinner there's a little rest period and then at 7 p.m., there's another evening class. And then after the evening class, there's a little rest period. And then there are gratefuls at 8.30 every night. They close the night with saying what they're grateful for. Oh. And it helps them to close out the day of, wow, today I was sober. Today I had a roof over my head. Today God provided a meal. So... Oh. This that's, that's for guys great. that have, yeah. I that's mean, it's, it's for guys that have lived under bridges and or in in tents or trap houses or whatever else. They learn to become grateful for what they have. So, yeah, um, these are these are part of the program that the Wade family has instilled through many many years. Uh, uh, Mr. Wade Senior had opened a mission. Uh, Brian was a young man and lived in that and was a part of all of that. So, so he had seen a lot of that. Um, I had seen a lot of the, the things that I had seen through Team Challenge. So we just brought these two visions together. And um, we're just literally trying to empty hell one person at a time. Well, that's, oh, that's good, great, Mark. Mark. So, Mark, what is your success rate? How quickly is there turn on these 36 or so guys? Yeah, so that's a great question, David. Um, a while back, I in uh, in March, I had st- statistics. I, I didn't. I don't have them today. Forgive me, and I, I probably oh. should have had that prepared. Um, collectively, of all campuses, uh, uh, Brian has that number, and I I could be sure to get that to you for your audience. Um, and back in March, we were right around 65%, and that was the anticipation of a group that was going to graduate in April. And uh, most of those men uh, that had completed at that time, most of them did graduate. So we were shooting for 65% for the first year. Um, Is it isn't too bad? Now, would we like to do better? Absolutely. And you know, it doesn't come without cost and it doesn't come without, um, you know, we have successes and then unt- sometimes we have disappointments. Some guys, the sad part of it is they'll get in here and three months into the program, they think they're better. 
Right. You know, they've been right. living this life for many, 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 many years. And so they start to get some clarity. Their electrons are connecting. They're running on four out of six cylinders, and they think they have it all together, and, and they want to leave. And we do our best to say, please, you're not ready yet. But, you know, um, there's no locks on these doors. Everyone has the right to make a choice. And um, we praise them that they made a choice to come here. Right. And that's what we choose to focus on. And so when they leave and, you know, we pray, honestly, we pray that they fail forward, that they get back out in there. They realize that nothing's changed. And we literally have had men come back to us um, on a number of occasions. And we have had men who have not only come back, but they've humbled themselves even to the same campus. Now, on occasion, uh, Brian might say, let's put them at a different campus. Maybe there's a different uh, DNA or a different culture. You know, each each campus has a different DNA, but the culture's the same. The culture's the same, but the DNA for each campus is unique. And so we might transfer someone to a different campus, and they'll excel there. They'll right. do well there, right? And they'll graduate from there, and and so yeah. So it's not a one size fits all. Is there, there, go, go ahead, John. Is there an age requirement? Well, if so, somebody applies. Mark, number one, is there an age requirement? And are they do they sign something to say we're going to be in this for the three months or the six month, or well, how does that work? Okay, great question. So uh, we. Um, we at Cedar Hills, we worked with the Alpha House, and we allowed them to do the intake process. Mm. So they would want to call the uh, a gentleman by the name of Jeremy Krause. He is the intake coordinator, and his phone number is 440-420-4700. And he will do an interview with a particular resident candidate, uh -huh. and he he will check their their qualifications and if um, he'll check whether it's insurance medicare Me uh, medicaid i'm sorry medicaid um stuff like that and and when it's in our power to do so we want to admit anybody that qualifies and so if you need more i would just i would uh if your if your audience has somebody that they're thinking of have them call jeremy and he can run through all of that that's not my expertise i am the spiritual director here at the um alpha house uh cedar hills campus okay so he he can really help with all of that he can find out who's qualified and and from what i've seen 90 some percent qualified oh, um and so so there aren't a lot of people that we have to turn away and uh wow. again i think that's a testament to uh the wade family and their their ability to um be able to help people um in in, in big numbers like this okay. so they they just try to make things happen they want to help they want to help good david so you do vocational training there too then Mark? You know, we um, we started and um, we had a weld shop. It's still there. Oh. Um, and so, unfortunately, one of the our instructor who was God gifted welder, 
um, was swallowed up by Lincoln Electric. Oh. They offered oh. him oh. a job he couldn't refuse. Sure. <laughs> wow. So, wow. You know, and, and you know, I can't blame them. We don't blame them. Um, so, you know, that's a great company, a great organization. It's a, it's a Cleveland Institute for yes. welding. Um, so, you know, again, I, there's especially coming out of addiction, um, to have an opportunity like that, uh, was huge. But while he was here, we certified two men in welding. Oh. And um, that's that's something that we would um, like to get back open. Um, there's there is also an opportunity that um, uh, the Wade family is going to work with an organization out of uh, Cleveland, and I believe they make cabinets and cabinetry. And so there may be a partnership with that happening. And again, uh, we could have uh, Brian speak to that in the future. Um, and again, like I said, we have um, when someone comes through the Alpha House organization, we have peer support, um, CDCA, which is um, a certified counselor's assistant. So there are other types of internships and uh, vocations that people could take through that. But we do want to do welding and woodworking. Um, again, Beyond the Walls blessed us with a lot of woodworking um, machinery and the goal is to mix both welding and wood together where you might make a metal base and have a beautiful slab of wood on the top um, made in the wood shop and, and the base made in the weld shop so it would be something that you know this is the vision that we, we have and would like to continue to do but it's hard because uh, um, it takes the right person to be in the right place at the right time. And so yeah. um, that hasn't happened yet, but it's something we're still considering. Great. But that's a great question, yeah. David. Thank well, you. Yeah, sure. Um, in terms of the addiction, uh, you know, that most of these guys have, th this is purely, is it 100% drug addiction? No, it's drugs, alcohol. There's even some... Um, some dual diagnosis, some mental health things. So, um, like um, the 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 thought behind this this house and the out the houses is some people need a band aid, some need a cast, and some need surgery. Right. Okay. Right. Then right. some some need brain surgery, which we're not qualified for. So we have had people come, and we want to help everybody. We, we had a gentleman come. He, it was dual diagnosis. He needed to get on his meds. And what I loved was Brian sent him away. He, they worked with other professional clinicians. They balanced out his medication. And you could see the change in him was, was huge. And he actually graduated from our program. And um, there's miracles even behind that story because he's from Texas. And he left one day, and because, and, again, his mental health and all that, he wanted to get back home to Texas and everything. And somehow, somebody else was coming into our program, and it was his sister dropping off this guy. Wow, and now, I, I couldn't believe it when I heard the story. So that brought him back here. He started over 
reconnected, but he knew he had family here, and that was the hope he needed to keep going. He, he, when he left here, he moved in with his sister. Nice. But he finished the program and uh, just, just did a remarkable job. So there's, there's testimony after testimony of how God is working um, at the Alpha House and at Cedar Hills. Excellent. Can you give that contact info? And what is does somebody need to be diagnostically confirmed that they're uh, addicted to fentanyl or drug or what's the qualifications there, Mark? That's another good question. We'll get um, uh, our candidates from um, hospitals. We get them from the Windsor Laurelwood. Um, we get them from Landmark. We get them from other uh, qualified, certified um, mental health agencies that will send them to us with the hope that, again, that their medications have been balanced out. It's dual diagnosis. They have addictions, but they have mental health. And once they deal with the mental health side of it with the uh, right medication, then we try to help with the addiction side which is all part of the spiritual side. So wow. uh, one thing I, I forgot to mention is we do um, we do chapel every, uh, well, first of all, Tuesday nights, we oh, it's our movie night, and we always watch a faith-based movie on Tuesday evening. Wednesday night is chapel, which is a time of worship. And then I just give a little 10 to 15 minute nugget at the end of the evening just for something to them to go to sleep on on wednesday night thursday i do a, an actual bible study and then on sunday we have a church here we wow. have a chapel on the property and we do a chapel service every sunday which i'm fortunate and blessed to be a part of that and on occasion i may have guest speakers come in and share as well do people do people from the outside come to that service no, this oh. is just for our men, um, and and again because uh, we want to keep a certain amount of anonymity. Okay, good. Okay, got it. It's good, Mark. Did you have a question? Yeah, Andy? a couple questions. So I, I saw some crazy stat, Mark, that annually addictions cost this country on the order of seven hundred and forty billion dollars. That includes uh, lack of productivity in the workforce. Uh, you know, supporting these folks, whether it be in addiction centers, hospitals, et cetera. Is, is that accurate? Um, uh, undoubtedly, I, I would have to I would have to agree with that. And, wow. and it's when you look at it, we were just talking yesterday that Nancy Reagan started the war on drugs back in the 80s. And this is a war. Unfortunately, we have lost. And the fact that right now the amount of fentanyl that's coming from China across our borders disguised it as different pills is is ludicrous. It's disgusting. And and the sad part of it is, is we don't have enough people to stop what's coming across the border. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother radio show. But um, it's hard. It's really hard when you know you're fighting a battle, but you, you can't stop. You can't stop. you got to keep fighting the battle. And um, there is no, John, you had asked er earlier, uh, the age limit is you have to be 18 at a minimum. Okay. And we get guys as old as in their 60s here. So it's all backgrounds. It doesn't matter. We don't care. Okay. If you need help, 
and we can help you, we're going to help you. Nice. How long will you let individuals stay at your center? That's another great question, David. We we typically the whole the whole protocol is a minimum of six months. Okay. However, depending on an individual, uh, that's a judgment call based on on the director and and Brian as to how long somebody should stay. Um, we'll see potential in someone and and you know it's again through their day-to-day activities their attitude their conduct and everything when we see transformation that's all we're interested in we want to see transformation um one of the things i say here all the time if we keep doing what we've always done we'll always get what we always got good point and another thing is nothing changes if nothing changes and I say it with repetition so that when they go out and they think that they can have one more beer, one more line, one more shot, one more this, all they keep hearing is nothing changes right. if nothing changes. Right, good point. And I had a guy tell me that who's back in the program that was with us for a while, and he said, Pastor Mark, he says, even when I knew I was doing wrong, all I kept hearing was your voice. <laughs> nothing changes if nothing yeah. changes, which yeah. is exactly what I wanted to happen. Right. You know, when I went to your site, I saw this individual that was a running back, and uh, he actually got addicted to drugs because of his uh, injury. And, uh, you know, what kind of percentage are we seeing now because of sports-related injuries with drug addictions, Mark? You know, uh, again, David, that's um, someone can go in for a surgery. Yeah. And, you know, we all know that because of Big Pharma, uh, they were handing out uh, opiates yeah. like candy. Yes, they were. And so yep. people that were never addicts are now suddenly oh, yeah. um, put mm -hmm. on these medications yeah. and then cut off. And they didn't know, or they, or maybe they did, and and they realized that what it does to the brain, and the fact that it causes them to uh, have a desire to keep going. Um, you might start with one or two opiates. Next thing you know, you're up to ten at a time just yeah. to stay where you were at. And so the the thing, and we often say. Drug addiction, whether whether it be street drugs or big pharma, doesn't discriminate against zip codes. Right. Okay. Right. You can be you can be your affluent suburban kids, or it's not just an inner city issue. Um, it, it just everyone everywhere addiction is 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 getting worse and the fact again getting back to covid when people become isolated and you have mental health issues and now you're in solitary confinement and yeah. you don't have social structure that's also exasperating right. and causing alcohol issues to rise drug addiction to rise suicide to rise it, it it was the most devastating thing and you could see there's all kinds of statistics on the damage that COVID did in this country. Oh yeah, oh, man. Uh, yeah. Mark, uh, would you say the majority of the people you that actually come there, would you say it's fentanyl, or what would you say is the drug that's persistent now? It, it's a mixture. It's a mixture of drugs, heroin, alcohol, opiates. Okay. So, 
Okay, I was yeah. just curious. You might want to give that contact information. I want to give it out now and again at the end of the program so people listening, if they didn't catch it. Yeah, um, if they want to come or refer someone to uh, the program, they can call Jeremy Krause at 440-420-4700. And so, again, at, um, uh, at Cedar Hills, um, obviously, uh, food costs are rising. So one of the things we want to raise funding for is a greenhouse. Wow. Um, wow. It, this might sound kind of crazy, but we want to teach them um, how to grow agriculture. But the irony of it is um, we may have some of these men that, have, that are in the system or come through the system, and they understand hyponics better than I do. Oh, wow, from <laughs> so, marijuana. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean... They're, uh, they're experts at it, and why not do it um, in a constructive manner? So we're looking to acquire a very large greenhouse that we can bring on the property, and that would be one of the vocations, one of the things that we could raise them up to do. Um, they're, they're on an average 50 to 70 feet long. I mean, uh -huh. they're quite large, uh -huh. but you can get a large volume, and with 36 men, um, canning could be important and uh, uh, fresh vegetables and stuff would really be an asset for us as That's well. Wow. You, you need a chicken coop too. We actually <laughs> just built one. Um, oh, so wow. so uh, the, the goal with we just built one and so that's another uh, a farm we'd like to do some things. It wouldn't be um, it, 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 we've already talked about can we raise cattle? Uh, we have a large wow. open field uh, that all we have to do is build a, a barn and house them. They need housing. They need to be fed. And these are all things that help give these guys responsibility and, and, and teaches them, again, that to care for something else. Because in addiction, we know that while we're in the middle of our addiction, the only, th the only thing we think about is ourselves. And we don't care about other people. We only want what we want when we want it. And all of the things that that uh, we have established at the program is to help them to think about there's a bigger plan and a purpose for their life, and God has a, has a design for them. And if they'll understand that when they give to others, it's then that they begin the transformation. And so taking care of animals, greenhouses, welding all of these things give purpose nice. and so we're uh we have a lot of ideas but it, it takes funding and um and so if anyone is interested they can reach me personally regarding the greenhouse at 216-390-9999 and um even if there's a used one if i can get a crew of guys to come out tear it down and, and rebuild it, we would be happy to do that. If, if somebody out there had a greenhouse to donate, um, we'd like to teach them that, that skill set as well. Oh, that's terrific, Mark. God yeah, bless that's you. That's a good vision. So what's, your, what's the vision, Mark, going forward? What, what, what are you seeing? What are you sensing God's doing there? Well, ironically, it's, um, you know, it's going to get bigger because the problem's getting bigger, right? right? The problem's getting bigger, so the plan has to get bigger. The The process has to get bigger. And so um, I know that uh, Brian and the Wade family, 
their goal is to have one in all 88 counties. Um, that's wow. a, that's something great to strive for. Um, and, and I believe that at the rate things are going, you know, God is opening up more and more opportunities. Um, the, the focus I have obviously is, is, uh, uh, the Cedar Hills side of things and ministering to 36, you know, 30 some men. Cause we, we don't always reach 36 right? because there's a fluctuation of people coming in and out. Um, so they, uh, with that being said, um, a lot of these guys need a lot of individual attention. Right. And so, you know, God has brought me here to focus on this. Uh, but to partner with them and to collaborate with them here and to really the goal is is to get this to run in such a way where they can just keep advancing the cause and building and reaching out to different counties and uh, God's giving those opportunities. So um, my personal vision is to line up with Brian's vision and the Wade family vision while they their vision is to reach all 88 counties and uh god god's doing the work so it's Whoa. it's uh it's beginning to happen Terrific. so mark uh are you available then to speak to a group or a church or a, you know if somebody says wow we haven't heard about this a christ-centered but it links up the medical side you know david it's a nice yeah, kind of a it is working relationship do you if anybody wants to call you about a speaking or maybe share this at a at a, at a venue or a church would are you available for that yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, at one point, um, it wasn't really until um, most people are familiar with Daryl Strawberry. He was the baseball right. player sure. in New York. And him and his wife run a sober uh, program down in Florida. And she once, uh, Tracy, I think is her name, um, once said that, you know, listen, let God use whatever tool is necessary as long as it helps someone to come down. And that's why I've come to to appreciate medically assisted treatment. They call right. it MAP. And, and if they're under doctor's care and they need something uh, to come off of what is so addictive, um, then I have come to the point where if that somebody gets help, let, let them use it. Let them use it under a doctor's care, but with the goal of stepping down and being free of it um, while, they're, while they're in our program, hopefully by the time they graduate, they're concluded. And we, we, have, we have a couple of guys that, uh, one I know for a fact did that, reached that goal, is not on anything anymore, and, and to that um, uh, we, we thank God. And then we have others whose doses are just so low that like they need one more treatment or one more shot and then they're done. And and that's that's awesome because it helps them to go out into society uh, not needing anything and then they can become productive members of society again. Ter Thanks. Terrific. Yeah, uh, Mark, in terms of life lessons from your background and your individual story and now what you're doing with this ministry, what would you convey to the public right now that's listening that has depression issues, uh, they're filling them with uh, addictions. Um, wh wh what do you say, especially with today's world, with everything going on? You know, David, that's a great question. Um, I can honestly say that I'm amazed that even in today's society, there's a pressing in. People, 
people that aren't even believers know something's in the air. People that, that don't know Jesus know that things are changing. And so they're going to different means and measures in order for coping, for coping mechanisms. And, and I would just say that, listen, um, this is a spiritual battle. Sometimes, you know, I'm not trying to, to overemphasize that, but there's a heart condition. And that heart condition can only be met through a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you stop and think of the people that he ministered to, he helped everyone he came in contact with. And if you're going through depression, uh, if you're going through anxiety, even even the scripture says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, will lead you and guide you. Amen. So, so yeah. you know, it's it's relying on Jesus. That guess what? Life hands us uh, lemons, and we just got to try and make lemonade out of it. Right. We things are not easy. People are young. People are dying, and that's the mm. sad part. Young people are committing suicide. That's the sad part. But here's the one thing I could say. Do something for somebody else. This is really the truth. When you forget your own issues, oftentimes when you go and serve in a community, at a food bank, in a ministry, at a, at a, a, a social gathering that you can make a contribution, you'll sometimes hear or feel that your own answers are met because you served. Mm. Thank you, Mark. And that's exactly what you're doing. And yes. we thank God for the vision that the Lord gave you so many years ago, and now it's very active and running at Cedar Hills. People have the contact information. Once again, this is 89.1 FM radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. And anyone that wants to call Mark or Brian, he's given you the number several times. Thank you, Mark. Mark, what about a website so people can take a look at what you're up to? I didn't hear you offer that. Yeah, so there's there's uh, the Cedar Hills website, which is Cedar Hills NEO, which is Northeast Ohio, Cedar Hills, plural, NEO dot org. And uh, and then there is the Alpha House website as well. And um, there's a number of different Alpha Houses. So let me make sure uh, I get you the right one. Bear with me here a second. Sure. Um, oh God, forgive me here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to memorize all. But uh, if you look it up, they're in Oberlin. Uh, uh, forgive me for not memorizing this. I apologize. That's all right. Um, uh, it's the Alpha House. In Oberlin, and and it'll come up. I, I normally okay. keep it on my open screen, but I can't see. No, that's okay. Right that's now. fine, Mark. That's okay, Mark. Well, thank you, Mark. And yeah. uh, I think everybody has the contact information they can get a hold of you or Brian. And it's really incredible. Uh, what a we're story. gonna hopefully get you out again in the fall or, or early winter and see how things are going your way, Mark. Thank you again for uh, tuning in, everybody. And Mark, just once we shut down the show, just stay on for one minute. I just want to get something real quick. All right. God bless okay, everybody. I do for want to give you. It is. It is called the Alpha House, and it is in Oberlin. So, um, if you want to look that up, it's at one four eight six eight State Route fifty eight. Okay, that okay. sounds good, Mark. 